Hi, everyone. Welcome to Maroon 5, a podcast for people who love to listen and talk about music. My name is Jim Bowen, and I'll be your host. Each week, I'll have a new guest and challenge them to give me five choices of music they would take if marooned on a desert island. Three albums, one compilation, and one song. My guest is Ben Blakey. Ben, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, thanks for thanking of me, man. Glad to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ben, it's it's nice to have you on the show. It seems I talk to people from my own generation or even a generation older than me. I think we don't look often enough to the generation that's behind us and the music that's influencing their lives and what the music of the past 10 years might mean for them. I worked with you a while back. I would notice on every single break, you always had to have something going, some music playing. You you put it on for everyone to hear because you like to share and talk about music. So that's why you're here today. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's, yeah. It was a really nice memory of you to share that actually as well, because it's so true. I still do it even to this day. You'll catch mm-hmm. me cutting around to the phone and uh, the music blaring through it for uh, somebody to hear and overhear. And I just want somebody to spark that conversation. You know, what's that you're listening to? Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Absolutely. That's that's why we love music and we like to talk about it. And we like to share it. I think we're the kind of people that probably like to be responsible for people finding good music. And that's why we share it. We want to know people are listening to some good shit. When did you develop your relationship with music? Let's say sort of the latter half of secondary school. You know, when you're sat down and you're really forced to think about your future. Mm-hmm. As if your future is just the way it happened and that's the one decision you need to make for the rest of your life. I think the latter half of secondary school here, you know, I was listening to a lot of indie music. I think deliberately I was listening to a lot of alternative music than a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like quite clear in the choices that I've made as well. It's like, I think I prefer to listen to something nobody else is listening to. It's the discovery of music that's the best part. Yeah. Radiohead dropped in rainbows. And I think as soon as I heard that album, I think for me, that's when it all set into place. I really enjoy alternative, experimental, Mm -hmm. artistic music. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think everything from there is kind of, that was the foundations that everything was built upon. Do you have any second guesses? Well, when you first pitched the format to me, uh, the premise of this episode, I thought, you know what? hands together, easy peasy. Uh, I've got this down in the bag. And as soon as I sat down with my choices, I sort of froze for a moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I was thinking about it in terms of what's my favorite albums, what's the best albums, you know, like that list uh, goes on forever. Like, I don't think you can pick like the one, you know, without thinking of the other one. Mm -hmm. So I always thought it was an interesting to talk about albums people maybe don't talk about i like that interesting conversation pieces i think really my choices just now are the diamond and the rough you know i think Mm -hmm. they're albums from popular artists that a lot of people don't actually know exist i think what's important for people when they make this type of list is when they think about going on a desert island do you really want to bring what's going to be the most popular best music of all time or do you want to bring music that's going to 
you know, evoke feelings from you yeah. while you're on that island and how you're going to feel because you're marooned, you're there, you're, you're going to yeah. want to go through the gamut of emotions and music's going to give that gift to you. So yeah. let's start with your first Castaway Cut, your album choice number one. Miley Cyrus and her dead pets. Fantastic. This is an album that I never knew about until I asked you for a list. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. It is completely a mystery to me. But for me, the listening experience of this album was that it was unlike any other Miley Cyrus album I've ever heard. Give me some background on it, what you know about this album. I at first heard about this album. Now, I think this one was 2015. I think at this time, NME as, as a magazine format still heavily influenced by, you know, my music news. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I'd just come across this album scrolling through the reviews one day. I think critically, it was rather well received. I think a lot of people appreciated that it was something completely out of the norm for the persona that is Miley Cyrus. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and like I poised to you in the choices as well, just to get the ball rolling on it, it was, it was the collaboration with the Flaming Lips mm-hmm. writing and producing that um, had stirred that. So immediately you want to listen. You know, I was trying to describe this album to my friend. And what I said was, it's almost like they took Miley Cyrus and they just let her run loose <laughs> a, singing about drugs and sex without exploiting her. Just her, her being herself, being 22 to 23, 24 years old. She made this album independently. It wasn't a label release at the time. And it does sound like Flaming Lips, the music. Mm -hmm. It works that way. But then all of a sudden there's Miley singing. (laughs) Um, I think she tried to play some of the songs live Mm -hmm. uh, off the back of uh, one of her tours. Uh, I don't really know if they were so well received. Mm. that maybe they didn't see I mean I'd even said to yourself I'm not even sure that album was available for streaming up until a couple years back anyway yeah but yeah I think this album is just hilarious from start to finish for me and it's like (laughs) you said as well it really just is Miley stepping out of that Miley Cyrus persona and uh really just pouring her heart out and being the truest form of herself. And that's what it is. You're seeing her. Yeah. You know, smoking and yeah. <laughs> sex of all kinds. You know? We all uh, going to get fucked up, going to get yeah. fucked up, going to get fucked up. But she's 22 years old. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you're singing, you know? Yeah. It's fun. And it's, it's really refreshing to see that there's another side to her that's not industry. Even to that point, I actually had the chance to go and see her Barcelona a couple of years back and I don't know why there was a part of me that was surprised I didn't hear a single song <laughs> because it's like when you say Miley Cyrus to anybody they do not think of Miley Cyrus singing about her dead pets no all in the slightest the, bl- the blowfish song is superb she sings a ballad to a blowfish on this album she's crying in that song i i i think she had a bottle of whiskey <laughs> at the bottom of the studio and i think she genuinely cried while singing that song i i agree with that one of the things that brought me to kind of respect miley cyrus a little more listening to this as well is that when you think about 
the child stars that have grown up and kicked off and gone down certain roads. You know, you look at your your Paris Hilton's, your Lindsay Lowen's, your Britney Spears. She was just kind of behind all of them. And you see a picture of them partying back in the mid 2000s and you can smell the cocaine in the picture. Now, Miley probably did a lot of the same crazy stuff, but somehow she wound up getting together with this group of older musicians and making an album. (laughs) Well, she did it. People want to talk about Miley being controversial by wagging her tongue on the MTV Music Video Awards or rubbing up and down this way or that way. But that's all part of that industry persona that we're talking about. And that's that's what she's selling you there. Whereas this album is like it's genuine music. Yeah. So, yeah. Kudos to you for thank. Thank you for picking that as this album, you opened up my eyes to Miley Cyrus in a whole new light. Is there anything else you want to say about the album before we go to choice number two? Imagine just sticking on the song. Bang me box. <laughs> at your friend's wedding. All the grannies are sitting around, you know, enjoying the cake. And you stick this on. And mm-hmm. everybody gets up to dance to it before they realize what's actually being said. The lyrics to that song are... <laughs> The disgust, the disgust. it's filth. I'm like, yes, it is filth. And uh, I can't wait till the next time I'm out at karaoke and I can sing it again. Do they carry that song in karaoke bars? Have you found it? You would be surprised what they hold, yeah. That's glorious, that type of song. But I'll I'll just say one more thing about that song. And one of the things I like about the album as well, in the way that Miley sings these very dirty lyrics throughout, is none of it is skanky in the way she sings. She's never trying to sing seductively. She's never trying to sell sex in any of the songs. She's It's just honest sexual lyrics. Yeah. I think she's owning it. I think it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Ownership of her body, one hundred percent. Experience her faults, you know, owning pets, which is is the juxtaposition of the Miley Cyrus persona. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it there is that 50-50 balance. Like there is still a lot of that Miley Cyrus persona in it. It's just truer and more honest. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, that was one of uh, my top choices. The first one to come to mind. That's so, great. Well, that was the first one that came to mind. What do you want to pick to talk about for number two then? Noah and the Whale, First mm-hmm. Days of Spring. Great album. I, I, I enjoyed listening to it a lot. Can I give you my first impression of it? Yes, please. I would love to hear that. My one sentence pitch for the record is it's like pulling a warm blanket over you yeah. after you've just had your heart ripped out of your chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it, but it, but it's the warm blanket though that the album that makes you feel it's it's not the heart ripped out of the chest the 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 album's telling you this is going on but the music that is delivering that is is pretty interesting what what drew you to this album again it's just this band who you know people were talking about and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. this incredible album appears in front of us it's getting I mean, I think it was getting rave reviews. I think it was like flawless album, according to any critic you were reading at the time. It just hit me. I think, I think, unfortunately, it's one of these albums that you need at a certain point in your life. I can hear that in that album. Now, musically, I enjoy Dream Realms, Escapism. I like metaphorical, ambiguous storytelling 
where I can create mm-hmm. my own narrative whilst having a good dance at the same time. But this album is very straightforward, start to finish, and there's nothing left to the imagination. It's cinematic, yeah. though. You're right there with them from yeah. start to finish. You do not waver. The, the, the album is a process. I think the opening track, The First Days of Spring, is that first morning you wake up mm-hmm. when you realize, shit, uh, Laura Marling's not coming back. One of my favorite tracks on there, I don't know all the names of them as I've listened to the albums, but there's a song on there where he wakes up in the morning and he has slept with a new girl for the first time since his breakup. And he's feeling this incredible guilt because he knows he's still in love with the girl that broke his heart. But here he has this girl lying with her leg wedged between his and she's tossing his hair and stroking his chest. And making him feel a way that makes him feel incredibly guilty and almost dirty. But the way he, the, the, but the song's beautiful yeah. at the same time, how, how it's presented. As they are with uh, most of the songs, actually. I mean, it is, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a journey of depression. And it does acknowledge, and it is very honest, I think what it acknowledges at certain points as well is the confusion between happiness and contentment. It's very honest in saying he knows what's happening. Actually, I'm very confused as to what's going on. Oh, my God, what am I doing? Oh, we've done that now. I'm pretty sure of myself moving forward from here on out. Um, and there are those flickers. That, that there is that happiness, the fleeting feeling that is happiness. Uh, was, uh, mm-hmm. Give me the love of, of an orchestra. Yeah. As soon as that band. <laughs> Do you know if they bring the, all of the instrumentation to stage with them when they play? I live? believe they, when they toured, uh, I think they introduced this album uh, off the back of another successful tour of the first album. Okay without Laura Marling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I believe they were quite well received, but then there's not really a lot of songs that you could play to fans of the first album, I think. Again, and that's why I really think this album was is kind of swept under the rug in those regards. It is the diamond in the rough. I didn't realize they were from the UK until I started you know, looking them up on Wiki today prior to the show. I should know a little bit about their background. And I was like, holy shit, these guys are from London. Yeah. But I never would have backtracked if yeah. you hadn't recommended it to me. No, and again, I think that's why it's the diamond in the rough, because I think when you say no on the wheel to anybody, you said everybody pictures L-I-F-E-G-O-E-S-O-N, or they, they start humming five years' time. Mm-hmm. It's like nobody's picturing him standing, talking about last night, I slept <laughs> with a stranger. You know, um, I have spent many an, an evening, unfortunately, I've spent many an evening drunk in my living room, swaying, singing these songs to myself. They are perfect drunk songs, uh, emanating that voice, mm-hmm. uh, sort of broken, almost next to weeping. Uh, <laughs> throughout the whole album, you know, it's just, uh, it really does. It's a cinematic uh, journey. It's, re- it's a story to tell. It's, it's a growth album. Yeah. It is an album that you you listen to and there's something kind of in your soul that, might change a little bit because yeah. of of the experience so yeah, yeah. was it's it a- was it was it a close album for you because it was sentimental yes yeah 
I listen to this and I'm like, this is a heartbreak album. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. And unfortunately, I've had to uh, confide in it a few a few times. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's an album that you go to. It's the, the go-to. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, I wouldn't flip up an Adele album or <laughs> I can't stand Louis Capaldi, but really, is it that much different? You know, the songwriting is where the, the real emotion is and then the lyrics and, you know, and, and it's not that these guys don't write pretty lyrics and sounds and everything, but. I did feel bad seeing uh, Louis Capaldi on the, the, the festival tour mm. and you see all these guys in the crowds with their girlfriends on the shoulders and you wonder, who are you singing about? <laughs> who, who are you thinking about? Whilst you're on your man's shoulders singing this song. Now, if I had a woman on my shoulders, I know in the whale gig. Yes. I wouldn't be able to hear her over myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. All right, Ben, on that note, let's go to the third album. We're going to go to number three, which I can say is Foles, because that's the third album. And I've seen the list. So why Foles and this album in particular? Well, I mean, you ask, but I'm sure when we knew each other before, we uh, knew that Foles was the greatest band that ever existed, according to my person. I think I've seen Foles a few times on your uh, social media. I've seen them live in the double figures now. It's even got to that point where I don't have to wake up the next morning knowing I've been to the gig to know I had a really good time. (laughs) <laughs> and I would implore anybody who has the opportunity to go and see Foles as a live act to do so. If I did, if you put a gun to my head and asked me mm-hmm. what the best album of all time was, it would be Foles, Total Life Forever. That's, that's cool. Um, I did have to slip that in. I did have to slip it in. Skins, the TV series, was it 2007, right? Yeah, Skins, yeah, yeah. Everybody's walking around, listening to Crystal Castles, you know, Alice is playing and everybody's pretending they're their favorite character from Skins, thinking their life is exactly like this. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, well, it's a nationwide sensation, the show, isn't it? Not only that, but did they do a between seasons summer special, which was <laughs> the Skins secret party. And, do you know, all music that I listen to takes me to a time and place like I'm sure this entire conversation up until now has been about where music takes me. And I've picked up on certain scenarios where I've listened to the song. Skin Secret Party is playing. My friend has recorded it because you had to record stuff then. And he's saved it. And he's waiting for me to come and watch it. Mm -hmm. Now, this Skin Secret Party, this half an hour long episode is special is basically a giant music video for a sound or a band I've never heard of before. And they're pretty prominent in it. It's Foles. Okay, and yeah. I'm sure Shazam had just started out. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. And my friend said, I can Shazam that for you. And I said, well, Shazam that for me, please. And immediately, I'm in love with this band. And I have followed that career to five studio albums and the group hailed as one of the greatest live acts to tour the world um, to this day. And in my opinion, Fools are the greatest band that Britain has ever produced. Wow. That's, that's a bold statement. I mean, Ben, for the sake of the audience and knowing my age, how old are you now? Are you 30? 
I'm 30. Yeah, yeah. You just turned 30. So yeah. somebody from your generation, when they're going to think about what the greatest album of all time is and what really has influenced and yeah. affected them most in their life, I don't expect it to be Pink Floyd or Abbey Road or Jimi yeah, Hendrix, yeah. or I don't expect it to be Pearl Jam or Soundgarden. Yeah. I expect it to be somebody from that time period. I'll give you kind of my my older generational perspective on it. For me, it wasn't about a standout song. It was about a complete album. It wasn't as emotional as the other albums we've talked about. It didn't have that same feel. But at the same time, I felt like, and I'm going to throw a couple of names out there, and I don't mean to insult anybody in their taste in music. I try to think about what does this sound like for my generation and where the influences come from. If the Talking Heads had a baby with The Cure, it would come out as foals because yep. it's got the syncopation in a lot of the songs that the talking heads have. At first I was like, Oh, this, this reminded me of the cure. But yeah. then when I went back and really listened to it, I was like, wait a minute, the percussion was like the, the really rhythmatically, it's more like the talking head. As soon as like the first track, like blue blood opens and it's got that, well, there's just the loops kick again, you know, and it just builds and builds and builds. And all of a sudden, Okay, it's like I said earlier on, I like to create my own narrative. I like really ambiguous metaphorical music here. Now, if you look up any Foles lyrics, you're going to look at them and go, I don't know what they're talking about. Something's on fire, but I can okay. picture that. Um, and I think that's what's important about bringing dance music to guitars, is that you can dance with your eyes closed and it will take you to wherever you need to be. Okay. Again, this album takes me to a time and place. Like it, it was the Fools experience. I was not long starting art college. Fools are a group of artists. I ordered the deluxe box set of the album. I remember sitting in anticipation, waiting for it. You know, it was the Fool. It had a DVD, two, two discs, artwork, lyrics. It had the whole works. For me, Fools was always the experience. I was at art college desperately trying to emanate the artist, Tinhead, drawn and scribbled all over their artwork and their lyrics and stuff. I, I was really trying to emanate that. Um, yeah, the album, it's multi-genre, really. It does. Yeah. It does have a flow because of that sort of straightforward dance. This sound, like you said, it's almost like the cure. And then all of a sudden you're getting taken to Miami and mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a hip-hop song. And then you're... <laughs> lost deep in the bottom of the ocean and uh, everything's muffled and uh, yeah it's just for me uh, an incredible experience where it takes me to places I can just close my eyes and I can interpret whatever it is they're dictating to me and I can take that anywhere myself and I love it that's great those are three great albums I'm really excited to talk about your compilation yeah. And I almost nixed your compilation, but yeah. I have to admit that this is music laid down to visual media and presented in a soundtrack format. So go ahead and tell yeah. us what it is. It is <laughs> Fever 105 FM. Yeah, Fever 105. My City, Grand Theft Auto, the video game. How old were you when this game came out Right, I'm going to have to look up because mommy definitely let me play it. <laughs> You're literally driving around doing whatever you please. You're listening to Oliver Lady Killer Biscuit. Smooth talking you in between some of the greatest soul and R&B songs. 
while splatting old ladies on the pavement. <laughs> so you were about 10 years old when you started playing it. And I obviously didn't have the appreciation for the soundtrack when uh, I was 10 years old, as I do. All right. You know. Do you remember those songs then? Because one of the phenomena I find about this game and thinking about it and thinking about yeah. your generation is mm-hmm. that I don't think Gen X generation, the one ahead of you and the baby boomers ahead of them realize that your generation got a really complete musical education that was diverse from Grand Theft Auto video games. No, they had that for every genre. Yeah. So not even Fever 105. But if you're just flipping through the channels on that game and you're playing it for hours on end and you're 10, you're 11, you're 12 years old, you're hearing the playlist that a guy like me or a guy a generation ahead of me would have made up for somebody like you to listen to anyway. But we give you no credit for having listened to it. (laughs) I mean, it's when, when you posed the question, it was, um, it was a really quick and easy choice just for the fact that they've just released the remastered trilogy. So it was already sitting in my mind. And when you asked about a compilation, I just went straight there because As you said earlier on, I'm always playing my music out loud. I want people to hear it. I have a tendency to hijack the aux cable at the Mm -hmm. party. And if you really want to keep everybody happy, you're going to play Fever 105. Fever 105 will do the trick. Yeah. I just (sighs) think about 10-year-old you listening to Ghetto Life by Rick James, Fat Larry's Band. there's something that never would have come across your generation had it not been for a video game. But there are R&B, soul, and funk artists on there that never would have gotten the revival that they did if it hadn't been for video games. And and I know if I was to play that game right now, I I know exactly what channel I would flick to. It would, it would just be locked on Fever 105. Fever 105. That's I would great. just have Oliver, the Lady Biscuit Killer, introducing every song to me, <laughs> telling me what he got up to last night and how this song makes him feel. Well, I'm going to transition this over to your song that you picked then, because <laughs> your Fever 105 is R&B, funk, disco. You've got some great classics on there. But then your song choice is Frank Ocean, yeah. which is modern R&B, self-control. Yeah. So this song, at first I was like, has Ben got an issue with self-control? Like, what's up with with this song? The choice of this song reflected on the choices of my albums, like my other Castaway records. I think this choice for a song was a culmination of my album choices just to reflect through one individual piece of work. Mm -hmm why this is one of my favorite songs ever made i think it's a nice balance of emotion Mm -hmm. melody rhythm i think it's all there i think if you were to listen to the three choices miley and her dead pets fools and no and the whale i think if you if you listen to this song after listening to all three of these albums i think you would hear a little bit of all of them in this song so there's there's some modern take on music that goes on there that you would find on Miley Cyrus. Yeah. There's 
some vocal honesty. There's a sensuality to it. Yeah. It's interesting because it's complex. Yeah. So That's if that. you want to if you want to talk about it in your previous albums, you know, it almost has that same complexity that like Noah and the Whale has with like relationships. And there's also a lot of imagery there as well. Like he also speaks in metaphorical terms, you know. I think in the song he says that you don't recognize me, you know, you compare me to a UFO. Admittedly, I have had to look up the lyrics many a time <laughs> just to get what's going on there. Uh, but it does. It's a very straightforward song of uh, regret and love. Mm-hmm. And uh, not only that, but the guitar melody throughout is just, it's beautiful. Do you know what's great about your song choices? I think that if you wind up ever in your life marooned on a desert island yeah. with these albums, you're never going to forget what love and heartache feels like. No. Because it's in all of them. It's yeah. on all the choices of your albums. Yeah. But you'll stand out there and range of emotion that you can get from that feeling will mm. always be present. Yeah. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are song choices and albums are just one of a trillion thoughts a day. through <laughs> my brain, you know, it's just, they're always there. This would be an easy game to play again, wouldn't it? With just different choices. I would love to. I mean, the first question you asked me when we started this was, you know, did you second guess your choices? Mm -hmm. Well, no, not really. I didn't second guess my choices, but I would love to do this again and speak about more. And speak about Uh, more. Maybe we should just get together at some time. Well, that's that's what going out for a drink at the pub should be about, you know, is just hanging out and chatting about the favorite things in your life and the music that you like to listen to is... Mm -hmm one of your top bits of conversation. I, I, ben, I could talk to you about music for a long time. You know, I, I've got all the time in the world for you for talking about music. Do you have any honorable mentions of what you were really torn apart about not bringing it to the island with you? I know I talk about second guessing, but then I ask this again at the end. Now that is a question. What is worth an honorable mention during this last couple of years, like what's helped me get through is an artist called Remy Wolf. Mm. And she's just dropped an album called Juno a couple months back. Mm-hmm. I think her songs, where'd you begin? I think they're really fun, bubbly. It's like a unicorn, a unicorn swallowing some gummy bears. Nice. You know what I mean? I think, she, I think it's just pure ADHD straight from the heart. And I think she's just going to keep belting out music for as long as she can. I, I think we're going to have about a year of tops, gaps between musical releases. Uh, and she's been absolutely fantastic. So Remy Wolf, if anybody wants to check her out. That's awesome. She's absolutely amazing. You know what, Ben? I don't doubt you one bit. I'm going to go listen to that right after we're done the show. Please, yeah. Please. So I'm going to wrap things up. It was great to have you on the show. Great to put you on the island and hear what your choices were, Ben. Thank you very much for coming on. It. <laughs> it's fantastic. I just want to say thank you to everybody who listened to the podcast. Anybody who's tuning in, it's great to just have you here. And yeah. I hope you'll listen to future shows. My name is Jim, and this is Maroon 5. Peace, love, and podcast. Cheerio. Cheerio.